Ashalu, he runs the length of the floor. He'll go to the line for three. Finding Ashalu, big one-handed snatch. Pick and roll snatch, oh, Ashalu. Ashalu on the inside, the throw down. Welcome to another edition of Talk Your Exposure. This is season two, episode 14. I'm alongside my homie, the compadre, the big dog, the little bro, Devontae Campbell. What's up, man? I'm good, man. Big homie and little dog don't go together. What's going on? You got to pick one. No, but here's the thing. You're younger than me, but you're taller than me. You feel me? So so, so you're, you're taller, but you're younger. Yeah, I hear you. You know, I, you know what? I'll come up with, with a different one next time. I just want to come up with something new for you today. That's all. It's all good. <laughs> and I'm, we're alongside today with literally a big homie, someone that is older and taller than me. I can say that. <laughs> I can say that. We're, we're, we're alongside a uh, former Division One basketball player, current pro basketball player, Olu. Ash I, oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Olu Asholu? Ashalu. There you go. You Ashalu. Ashalu. Olu Ashalu. I'll, 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 I'll do my best next time. I, on the outro, I got you. <laughs> it's Olu okay. Ashalu. How are you doing today, man? Good, man. How about you? I'm glad I'm alive. I'm alive. Can't complain. It's a beautiful day outside. Hey, we'll get you started off with the opening game from Devontae. So, Devontae, it's all you. Take us, take us away, man. Yeah, man. So, what we're going to do today is we are going to play overrated, underrated. I'm going to give you a subject. Could be about basketball. It's not always about basketball, but you're going to let me know if you think it's overrated or it's underrated. All right? All right. Let's do it. All right. Pac-12. Ooh. Underrated. Say that again. Underrated. Underrated. You got any? Got got any logic about that? Now this year they did a great job in the in the NCAA tournament. I'll say that. But throughout yeah. the process, the people have this negative connotation on these teams on the West Coast. So, do you have any background knowledge or anything to say about that? Yeah. You know, us being here on the East Coast, you know, Toronto, New York, whatever this side of the, of the country. We're used to a certain type of basketball, right? We're, we're used to a more like a really tough it out basketball. But on the West Coast, it's a bit more, you know, spread out. It's a bit more open. I wouldn't say it's soft. It's just a bit less physical and more like just like an open space basketball game. So it might not appeal to most people on the East Coast who are a bit more, you know, tough nose, you know, playing on the streets, going up and whatnot. But, man, there's, there's a lot of talent out there on the West Coast. I mean, if you, if you look at it, I think California has the most – residents in the NBA as far as like where they're actually from. Yeah. So you know that just goes to show you know, West Coast got some boopers. No, you, you definitely have a point there. California is dominating by far. California. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next 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 question. Call of Duty. Ooh. Overrated. <laughs> oh, no, I gotta, I gotta hear, I gotta hear about this one. I gotta hear about this one. I don't know anything about video games. I don't know anything about like new school video games. Like I don't play Call of Duty. I don't play um, Fortnite. Like any of these new like games, I don't know anything about them. I'm from the era of like Mortal Kombat, uh, Street Fighter. Um, oh, like, you know, that's the era I grew up with. So this, this new school stuff, I'm just like. I don't get it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Won't argue that. Dwight Howard. Ooh. Dwight Howard. Uh, that's a good <laughs> one. I mean, I would say underrated. You know, like, for a minute, he was dominant in the NBA. For a minute, he was Mr. Double-Double, you know, grabbing every rebound, blocking shots, dunking everything. Superman, you know, dunk contest. Um, injuries, you know, went to L.A., went to Houston, didn't really fizzle out. Um, went back to L.A. I think now he's at Washington. I mean, like, if you look at it, he's had a stellar career. I mean, it hasn't been David Robinson or Patrick Ewing, but numbers-wise, he's been a force to be reckoned with in the NBA, I think, and his longevity, too. I mean, he was a pro when I was in high school, and I'm, I don't know how many years out of high school, he's still there, so, yeah, I go underrated. Longevity is key. You are right about that. All right. Brandon Roy. Ooh, underrated, man. Underrated. Under. You, you talk about a pure, like a pure two guard. I mean, he was, I'm not going to call him Kobe, but like he's in that mold of just like pure two guard, two way player, you know, cerebral offensive attack. Mm -hmm. Injuries, you know, obviously held him back. But no, Brandon was one of my favorite guys to watch. You know, one of the last four year guys. You know, I don't know if four-year guys are still doing it these days, but no, nah, underrated. Kids, kids today want to know about Brandon Roy, but underrated. You're right about that. Kids don't have a damn clue. Now, I'm a huge – you're talking to a huge Portland fan, and so this is why I'm going to bring up this last name. Of course, you went to – you got to see that being in the state of Oregon. So, with that being said, Damian Lillard. <sighs> underrated, man. Dame is – I just saw he cracked the top 10 for three-pointers. I think three-pointers made in, in NBA history. Um, underrated, man. He, he's tough. I mean, all, all those all those all-star snubs he got, because I think it might have been Westbrook, Steph, Chris Paul, and I don't know who else in the, in the West Coast, but he's he, he's tough. He's game time for a reason, man. And, and I'm going to leave it at that. You said it well enough. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to let you cover that, but that concludes um, overrated, underrated. I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm, I'm lie Devontae. I think, I think that game might have, might have to be one of our go-to games. I love that game, man. I love that game. You like overrated, underrated? I, I, like, I like overrated, underrated. <laughs> I'll switch it up every once in a while. I got you. <laughs> hey, Olu, I want to know, who is, your, who is your favorite basketball player, man? My favorite basketball player? That's a tough one. Are we talking about currently? Are we talking about all time? Your your favorite basketball? I mean, I guess that's a, that's a you know what a very fair question. Um, let's do all time. Like who like like who did who did you grow up watching? Oh, MJ, not a MJ? doubt. I knew everything okay. about them. Every magazine, every NBA inside stuff, any article, any interview, MJ. Like I was glued to the TV. I had to be there. Fair enough. Fair enough. What 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 did what did that what did Michael Jordan mean to you as 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 like a basketball player? What, and what what was he able to teach you? Like like I know obviously you mentioned you know some articles and you you always trying to read up on him and stuff like that. But was there any any time that you that he would do a move in a game and you'd go outside and go work on that game or go to the gym and work on that specific move or what did he teach you? Man, um, I was always so like he probably one of the guys that maybe like. The way I dunk or how I try to dunk is, like, he wasn't really a power guy. He wasn't Dominique. 
he wasn't like a ferocious two hand Sean Kemp. He was more of like a glider, like more in the in the in in, in the realm of Dr. J. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just always took to that. Like I was never one who really said, you know what, let me try to get like as high as I possibly can. Let me just try to like take off from as far as I can and glide through the air and like get fancy. And like, he was he was I, I think the best at it, man. I mean you look at the dunk cops from eighty seven to eighty eight, free throw line. He's just graceful, man. So, yeah, all his aerodynamics and acrobats in the air was like something I felt like. Yeah, he's he's different. I want I want to t- I want to touch up on that for a second too about the dunk contest for a second because you know Michael Jordan was in the dunk contest. If I'm not mistaken, I think Kobe might have been in the dunk contest as well. But LeBron mm-hmm. James wasn't in the dunk contest. What are your thought What are your thoughts on you know LeBron James being the quote unquote the goat of the NBA today and not being in the dunk competition, even though the two other goats. You know, we're 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 in the dunk competition to put it on the line. I think he robbed the people because, like, <laughs> okay, I, he did it in high school. He he did the McDonald's All American one, but I think people would have let us see him in the NBA against other like you know other big time athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like it's just like something you got to do. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's just something that like as you're coming up, you're showing that you know. I'm not saying that Duncan is going in the same realm as being a goat, but you know that's what kids want to see. Like I want to see Jordan in the dunk contest. People want to see Kobe dunk. I'm sure kids today or a couple years ago want to see LeBron in the dunk contest. So it's just something that, like, I guess it's just like something you got to do, you know, just to earn your earn your keep. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Speak, speaking of Kobe, you know, Kobe unfortunately passed away in January of 2020. What were your thoughts on that? Man, that. That was crazy. Um, so I'll tell you how I found out about that. So that Sunday, I had a matinee game. I had a, like a day game. I was playing for the St. John's Edge. Mm-hmm. And, and the game was winding down. Maybe like two minutes left in the game. Coach subbed me out. We we're going to win the game. And um, I'm sitting on the bench. And, you know, the fans, you know, exciting fans. Are winning. But one fan, I saw the corner of my eye, one fan tapped the player on the team and gave him his phone. I was like, why is the fan doing that? Like, what's going on? The, the player looked at the screen and was like in disbelief. And I heard him over say, like, you know what? Kobe's, Kobe's dead. I was like, nah, this guy's a joke. You guys are playing around. What are you guys talking about? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the game's still going on as this is happening. So whatever, you know, game's going on. And, you know, we're saying our high fives and at the end of the game. And we're hearing these whispers that, yo, Kobe's, Kobe's fast. Kobe's fast. I'm still like, nah, this can't be true. Like, this is supposed to be some bad joke. Mm-hmm. So, you know, heard out to the to the locker room after the game. Everyone's checking their phones. You know, trying to verify TMZ, Instagram, Twitter, and it's like, yo, the locker room. We didn't even talk about the game. Like we had just won a game, but like at that point, what we just did on the court didn't matter. It was just like, yo, Kobe passed. Mm-hmm. Like helicopter, and, and then all types of Rick Fox and who else is there? Was it just him with him and his daughter? It was a bunch of like you know mixed stories, but yo, that was. That was sad moment in the locker room, man. Sad moment. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It, it definitely was a sad moment for all, all basketball players growing up and people of our generation being able to watch and play and stuff. So definitely a sad moment, even even for me as well. I couldn't disagree. With, I could not agree with you more. Uh, I was curious to know though, what is something that you would you know if if he was still alive and you had an opportunity to meet him, what's something that you would ask him or, or say to him? Man, so growing up, I didn't like Kobe. Because I thought he was this cocky, you know, arrogant basketball player. He wasn't 
the MJ, the MJ mm-hmm. mold. And as I got older, and like when I say younger, I was like 10, 11. I, I wasn't really playing the game of basketball back then like that. As I got older and I started, you know, appreciating the game, I started to fall in love with him. I started to really fall in love with, like, who he was and his just, like, never back down mentality. Even with him and, you know, Shaq and their beef and whatnot, he was just like, no, like, I'm the alpha here. I'm going to do it my way. Um, I wouldn't even ask him about any kind of specific move. For me, I probably just want to, like, pick his brain, like, like, I always say, if Kobe wasn't a basketball player, he'd be like a trained sniper or something like that. Like, his mind is just so different how he approaches something, you know? He, he doesn't look at it the same way everyone else. He's, his, his mental approach is, I think, what made him such a, such a feared player. So I probably just want to break down, again, like, to his mind and see, like, how he looks at something and how he breaks it down and how he goes about it. For sure, for sure. Speak, speaking of media celebrities, though, you had an opportunity to meet Jay-Z. How did that happen, man? How did, how did that, how did that get about? <laughs> okay, so high school, um, I got invited to the ABCD camp, and you know, this I know to the, to the older guys, you know what ABCD camp means, but to the kids today, like, what is that? So, <laughs> like, ABCD camp was the camp that you went to. Like, it was like to be invited to ABCD camp was so, 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 sorry to cut you off, but you you low key just said your age without saying your age. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned thirty. On Sunday, so you know, it ain't, ain't no shame in my game. Man. Ain't happy no shame. Belated. Happy belated, my guy. Happy belated. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, man. So I went to ABCD camp, and um, you know, I was like, yo, I'm here. Like, this is the camp that you know, LeBron James is. Thing. This is the camp where you know, T Mac went from, I guess, 153 in the nation to like number one. So, like, I'm at the camp, you know, you're going through the, the four days of practice games and whatnot, and then last day of camp is an all star game. And I got selected to the All-Star game, and I'm playing with, you know, all my peers, you know, the O.J. Mayos, the Brandon Jennings, the, you know, you name it. And this is the time when Jay-Z has a sneaker deal with Reebok, you know, for his S. Carters. And the shoes that we're wearing, everyone's wearing the same shoes as, like, these new basketball spinoffs of the S. Carters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's only right to have Mr. S. Carter in the building. So he was there, of course, at the game and whatnot. And after the game, we all kind of, like, you know, dapped him up and whatnot. And I, got, I actually got a picture with him somewhere on my Facebook. But, yeah, man, I got to meet Jay. <laughs> I got to meet Jay. <laughs> where, where, where does he rank in your taste of music? Like, like number is one. In, 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 you said number one? He's, come on, we're talking about Jay here. <laughs> you said we're talking about Jay. Who else could you even, like, put in that, that stratosphere to even – Nah, Jay's the goat, man. Hands Biggie. down. So, you, so what? What makes Jay Z so much better than Biggie, Tupac? You know, um, you know the people that, that that. So the way I look at the way I look at it, I look at I look at it in the sense of Biggie and Tupac were Magic and Larry, and then Jay is 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 Michael Jordan. That's the way I right. look at it. That's, you know, they 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 they, they, they revolutionized and, and kept the game going, and then Jay Z took over. Right, that's the way I look at it, right? So, would you agree with that, or or do you think no, no, no? Jay Z, Jay Z is the man. Like that's Jay Z. Like hands down, it's all no. Jay Z. No, 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 no. I I'd agree with that because in, in the same in the same respect, I I'd say that MJ was, you know, better than than um, than Larry and and Magic. So in the same way, yeah, I'd say Jay was better than than Pac and Biggie. Like if if you, yo man, the no, way no. that. Yo, the way that he tells a story, 
the way he brags without even bragging. Like he'll he'll say something you might not even really catch it to like the third or fourth time into the song. It's like, yo, did he just say that? Or like the way he'll like rhyme and like he'll spin it off and make it rhyme again. Like he'll double entendres, triple entendres. Like Jay's is different, man. Like he, he he's he's very cerebral. I put it that way. He's very cerebral, and he's not loud. He's not demonstrative. Like I I've been to a Jay concert. I've been to one concert in my life. It was a Jay Z concert, and it was here in Toronto. It was him and JT. And the guy will not move out of like a one meter square radius. Like he won't move <laughs> over the crowd. He, like he's not running up and down and sweating. He's like staying in this one little box and he just has great control of the crowd. And like just, he's, yo, know, man, his stage presence, one take J. Like, you know, he doesn't go, he doesn't write his rhymes. He'll hear the beat for five, six minutes, mellow on it, go to the booth, spit it. Like, you can't teach that, man. Like it's different. Jay Jay's the goat. Uh, simple as that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Before we get to your basketball career, though, I gotta ask you. You know, you you started playing baseball. Why? 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 Why baseball? Why? And and also, why'd you stop? So I grew up in Rexdale, and um, I want to say like I want to say it was the summer of grade five or maybe grade six, grade five. I, I can't remember which year exactly, but. End of, the, end of the year, last day of school, you know, they're giving out these sheets and papers and, like, summer activities. And, like, I didn't know of any rep local club team in, in, in Resta. There was nothing I could think of that, like, you know, we could play basketball. So the only thing that was really around that I knew of, I wasn't playing hockey and I wasn't playing football. It was a baseball team. I was like, you know what, man? Like, let me... Let me try this baseball thing. I watched the base. I watched baseball every now and then. Whatever I knew, MJ played growing up. You know, so I tried baseball out. I fell in love with it. Right, I fell in love with it. It was actually pretty good. I played the first year of house league, and I was told to try for the rep team the second year. Try for the rep team, made it. Play for the rep team again. So I, I was like really on this baseball team. I was really like you know trying to be like in the little league world series and this and that, and then I started to grow. Mm -hmm. Right, I started to grow. Like I just started to, and like I, mean, I don't really see a lot of like tall baseball players. I knew there was Randy Johnson; he's like a six ten pitcher. But other than that, you know, I was like, yeah, I started to grow. My brothers played basketball. You know, they were in prep school and they're playing for grassroots and you know, getting scholarships. And I just thought to myself, do I go down the path where I have brothers that can like mentor me and teach me, or do I go down the path where I don't know anyone? Like I knew no one in the baseball world, so I was like. It just makes sense to go with, you know, where I have the guidance. So I went with basketball. Mm -hmm. Fair enough as well. Fair enough as well. I know you mentioned Randy Johnson. You also mentioned Michael Jordan. But who was your favorite baseball player? Ken Griffey. Can't go wrong Ken with Ken Griffey. Can't Is go wrong it with like Ken Griffey. Batted lefty, his stance. I mean, he, he, he brought swag to baseball. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Ken Griffey was definitely the guy I love to tune in and watch. Not, not Barry Bonds? Ah, not Barry, not Barry. Um, the whole like Samuel Sosa, Mark McGuire, you know, home run battle was fun. But overall, no nah, man. Overall, Griffey and I played center field when I played baseball too. So you know, it's only right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey man, fair enough. Honestly, for me, for me, I, I'm I'm a new time baseball fan, so I'm a Jose Bautista guy. You know, the bat flip to me was iconic. So I definitely I was, <laughs> I definitely am a big Bautista fan for that. Uh, but but as we we've got to know though, like, would you ever want to play baseball again, or is it a lost art? Is it is it, is it done now? No, this I I 
to this day, I have, like, these thoughts of, like, yo, like, do I still got it? Like, can I go back into it? Like, no, I miss baseball. I would love to play baseball. You know, those guys play until, like, they're 40. You know, you don't see a lot of guys in basketball playing until they're 40. That's your Kevin Willis, you know, Vince. No, like, to this day, I wish I could still, like, you know, get out there. Like, I still miss it. I still like that. That 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 camaraderie, like the, you know, that that whole nine guys in the field, basically, like, to me, basically, like the ultimate team game. Like, no one person can really do it on themselves. Like, you like a pitcher needs eight guys behind him to like get a perfect game or to get stopped. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I miss it. I miss it, man. Fair enough. So you know, baseball is great, and I'm glad that it's it's, it's good to see. You know that. Not all the marbles were in basketball, but let's talk about basketball now. You started at the university at Louisiana State, you know, but before we talk about, you know, yeah, before we talk about LaTeX, is that what they call it, LaTeX? Well, yeah, so you you said uh, State, which would be LSU. I went to Louisiana Tech. Okay, my fault. Thank you. Yeah, but before we talk about that, you know, what was recruitment like? Uh, So recruitment was, I mean, you know, you're going to prep school, you get on these different colleges, sending you mail day in, day out. And, like, your first couple pieces of mail, you think, oh, this this is a scholarship offer, you know what I mean? But it's really not. Like, it's interest. It's, I guess you could call it, you know, their version of junk mail, spam mail, whatnot, um, invites to their camps. Um, and then as, you know, you start to see, like, which teams are just, or which schools are just kind of sending you, like, mail just to send you mail, which ones are actually interested in you. Um and then, you know, as you get older, as you get, you know, up your sophomore year, junior year, senior year, a lot of times you have, like, you know, like a top five or a top ten. And it's funny you said Louisiana State because I was going to go to Louisiana. Like, my whole entire high school career, in my mind, I was going to LSU. I was going to LSU because, well, one, you know, at a certain time, they were a big-time team. Um, I think the year before, or the I think 2004, I want to say it was, or maybe six. I can't remember. They went to the Final Four with Big Baby. Um, also, too, a big thing in recruiting is relations, right? Connections, relations. And the assistant coach that was at LSU was my brother's um, assistant coach back when he played back in college. So throughout the years, kind of just kept tabs on each other. And I was pretty much going to go to LSU because he was at LSU. Um, last year, before I'm about to, you know, commit, he leaves LSU and goes to Louisiana Tech. So, Damn. like, I was going to wherever he was going. He could have went to Humber College, and I would have went to Humber College. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I was going wherever he was going to be. So, um, but, yeah, so recruiting was kind of, like, you know, it was – recruiting to me was like, okay, like, who's who's coming for second place? Because first place, my mind was really going to be, a, you know, a Tiger at LSU. Okay. Well, that's totally understandable. I hope everybody that watches that – watches this knows that type of industry you don't always you go where you know your coach go or where you see yourself going even with the transfer rule we see in today's game these mm-hmm. kids are lucky as heck they don't have to take a year off they can go right away if we ever had the luxury of that holy crud man yeah. but uh Let's, they, let's, they, let's they, they basically get to play five years right now if you think about it because this year this year didn't count and then on top of they can transfer to wherever they want next year too crazy man yeah Absolutely Crazy. ridiculous. They had a stat the other day. A guy I used to play AU with Jalen uh, Coleman. It will be his seventh year transfer. He got injured the, uh, the first two. 
So wow. he still had two years of eligibility left and then this whole new rule. So it's going to be his seventh year. He's been to five schools. Ridiculous. But, hey, he's going to get his masters for free. You can't argue that. Well, let's talk, let's talk about your junior year. You know, you had a great junior year, but it, w it wasn't always like that. You know, you're a redshirt for your first year. You know, what yeah. factored you in starting off as a, as a redshirt? Well, the redshirt thing was, was, was a combination of two things. One was a bit of injuries that I, I was kind of dealing with at the time. I mean, I don't know if it was growing pains, but, like, I was just in, like, some major knee pain that I really had to just kind of take some time off and really address. You know, um, it's kind of funny. You know, I've, I've had a couple of knee surgeries, so, I mean, it's probably just something I've had to deal with all, all my whole life. But um, one, of it, one was it was a bit of the injuries, and another part of it was trying to, like, time things. You know what I mean? Um, we had a couple of transfers that were sitting out that year. Um, one guy from LSU and another guy from Oklahoma State, two bigs. And uh, there was another guy that we were trying to get, another Canadian we were trying to get to come into to the university. Uh, his name was DJ Wright. Played, I played AAU with him. But he had to go the JUCO route. And the plan was for him to go to, you know, his do his JUCO thing and then transfer. So it'd be me starting as a freshman, DJ coming in from JUCO and the two transfers because they had to sit out a year, right? Mm -hmm. So that was really like the thinking behind it. So, but you know, looking back on it, I'm kind of glad I did it because had I not, I would have never had a chance to have a fifth year and transfer out to uh, Oregon for my last. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's crazy how some things work sometimes, especially when it comes to careers. But it, yeah. it did it did it looks like it did help in the long run. But we'll get to we'll get to Oregon. But right now, we're at La Tech. You know, I want to know what was your most embarrassing moment, whether it was on the court, off the court, maybe even film sessions. Was there something that was really embarrassing? <laughs> my most embarrassing moment was, and my coach to this day, my assistant coach to this day, still gives me heck about it. Actually, he just sent me the video, but I'm like, oh, God. Less, less than a month ago. Mm -hmm. All right. Freshman year, or redshirt freshman year. I was able to travel with the team. I think we didn't have enough, like, we, we didn't have a stacked roster as far as, like, numbers. So I was able to, like, you know, travel with the team, even though I wasn't playing. So we're at Utah State. And people probably know who Utah State or what Utah State is. But Utah State is the craziest college environment I ever played in. I know I, I didn't play or, you know, anything like that. But you, if anyone who knows, Utah State's crowd is ridiculous. And my first time seeing it be in there. So we're losing. <laughs> we're down by 20 or more. And they have this chant, right? They have this chant where, like, when you're down by 20, it's like, down by 20. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. They're disrespectful. Like, <laughs> it's like, end of the game, you know, they're up by X amount of points. You must lose. It's like, and, and, and they point. Like the whole the whole crowd's in unison. They point at winning team, losing team, winning team, losing team. Hey, the crowd is different. <laughs> so we're doing the, the, the so we're down funny. We're losing. And I'm just like in this, like I'm just in a, in, in a daze. And I, I don't know where I'm at. I'm in a daze. And someone has to record me. During the chant of down by 20, and I'm over there on my team or on my losing team, and I'm clapping in unison with this down by 20 chant. And then that was posted the next day, and then my coaches were 
teasing me about it for the rest of the season. Like, oh, like what what, what team are you on? You with us or with them? Like it was it was bad. With, he's not with us, guys. <laughs> no, I could definitely like, see coaching staff doing that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. But um, you know, speaking of your junior year, you averaged 14 points, damn near a double double, close to 10 rebounds, and it's still per game, which got you the NABC all uh second team district, right? WAC all conference honorable mention, and then WAC all defensive team, you know. Are you one to take care for those awards? Does those still do dividends to you today? Yeah, no, they do, definitely. You know, like that was you know, I wish we would have had a better year as far as that win percentage. But um, individually, you know, that was my best output as a as a player in my, my college career. Looking back on it, I think I should have been a bit more selfish, you know, try to do more number-wise. Um, but that year did get did grant me the opportunity to, you know, partake in some pre-draft camps and whatnot. Um, funny enough, I, Corey and I, Corey Joseph and I, uh, we were in the same pre-draft camp in New Jersey that year. Um, obviously, he went. I didn't. You know, I always think back, like, should I have stayed in that draft camp? Because um, the, 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 the draft class that year wasn't really that strong. Um, spoke to some, you know, some coaches and GMs that, you know, said I showed pretty well. Uh, that probably would have been like a second, second round draft pick. Um some reports came out that I was like, you know, one of the top three guys. So, so what it was, it was like it was a camp on a Saturday and it was a camp on a Sunday. I was in a Saturday camp. And based off the guys that were there, I think the 40 guys there on the, on the Saturday, I was like one of the top three guys that showed out. So, you know, looking back on hindsight, you know, should I have stayed in and, you know, rolled, rolled the chances on, you know, being a sec rounder? You know, but back then, see, the thing was, back then, we, we didn't have these two-way contracts, right? You know, these, these things weren't around. So it wasn't like, yeah. okay, yeah, go there, this doesn't happen, bam, you know, I'll, I'll set up for a two-way. You know, and not every team had a G-League team or a D-League team back then. Oh. So the, the whole infrastructure was a bit different. It was kind of like make it or bust. Mm-hmm. And that was the year, unfortunately, they went to the lockout. So there was no summer league. There was really no chance. It was like, if you didn't get drafted, bye-bye. There was really no chance for you to show yourself in a summer league or in like in, in, in a summer camp or two way. There was none of that, so I went with the side of caution and went back to school. But um, who knows, man? Had, had I not, had I not, had I put my name in that path and stayed in, who knows? You know, uh, that is actually crazy. I forgot that that was the year of the lockout. Yeah, that is a you're gonna you had to make a decision. Now yeah. with that decision came your senior year and you decided to go to Oregon. You know, right. talk to us about that change. You know, what was your decision? The hot spot for Canadians over these the last decade. Let, let us know that decision. What what went into that? Well, funny. Corey at the camp, but his brother, DeVoe, my AU, or former AU uh-huh. teammate, he transferred from Minnesota. And, um, you know, he was hitting me up, you know, oh, man, let's get together for our last, you know, our last year, our last go-round, you know, let's, you know, let's, let's bring it back together for grassroots. And I was looking at, you know, I didn't really know much about Oregon. Like, I knew about, obviously, the cool Nike facilities. I knew about Aaron Brooks, um, Fred Jones. I didn't really know much about the, you know, the team and whatnot. So I did some digging. They had just won the CBI, which is like a 
kind of like an NIT tournament, like a postseason tournament for guys who don't make the tournament. They had just won that, and they had just lost their um, their leading score, like five men. And I was looking at a couple of those schools. I was looking at Texas. Um, I was looking at Xavier, and I was looking at um, San Diego State. Kawhi had just left, and um, I felt like the best thing for me was to go back to like the best team. You know, the the the, the team that just had probably the most successful season. That was Oregon. And obviously, have my guy the road there made it, you know, made it a lot more sweeter. So yeah, I ended up going to Oregon for my last, my, my last goal, my last go round. Oh, that was great. Now let me know, you know, what was the biggest change or adjustment between Oregon and La Tech? Man, there's gotta be, there's gotta be some. Let's just put it this way, man. There's there's levels to this thing, right? Like there's just different levels <laughs> universities. Um, the biggest change was, man, just things were just like geared towards student athletes to succeed. Everything, man. Like, everything was geared. Like, there was a building strictly for student athletes to go and study, right? You know, like you had all the, all the resources needed tutors, you know, food bar, um, just whatever you needed. Um, the time zone was a big difference for me, you know, like, you know, being. Central Time Zone to go into that West Coast. Um, I'd probably say, like, the way the way like, our coaches were a bit different. So, Coach Altman at University of Oregon is, I don't know how to put it, like, he's a very laid-back coach. Like, when you talk to him just, like, off the court, he's very subdued, he's very laid-back. He's a Midwestern guy. He's from, uh, I want to say, Iowa or Nebraska. I, I should know this. Sorry, Coach. He's from the middle. <laughs> um, and he likes the golf, right? Like, he, he loves the golf. Like, that's his thing. Like, there'll be times when we go in the locker room after practice and the TV has golf on. Like, yo, who put TV on? Who put golf on? Coach. Um, but during the games, during practice, it's a 180 flip. Like, this guy turns into, like, this fiery, old-school coach, man, like, just, like, like really old school, to the point where it's, like, he doesn't like floaters. Like, he'll tell you, backboard, net, or dunk it. Like, he just does not like floaters. Um, one thing he won't let you do is, you know, like, when you, you're tired, you're, uh, your shorts up and the drawstring kind of hangs out, your draw has to be tucked in. Like, he has all these, like, these little quirks about him, but that's, you know, that's just him. That's just who he is as a coach, and, um, you know, you, you fall in line pretty quickly, and yeah, man, that's, uh, that's Coach Altman for you. But what are your thoughts on Eugene going to the NBA right now? And being an Oregon guy and everything. And and, and again, I I'll, uh, you know I should have asked this earlier, but just came to my mind right now. You know, Oregon. You know, you've known him for a while. What are your thoughts mm -hmm. on Eugene? Eugene declaring for the NBA. I saw that, and um, you know, I'm definitely happy for him. You know, uh, my former agent is uh, he's now a scout, a scout, and. He, you know, what, what we, we message all the time, you know, just talk about guys, Canadian guys coming up. You know, do you know this guy? We know about this guy. Mm -hmm. And beginning of the year, you know, I told him, you know, watch out for, you know, watch out for the Oregon squad. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm watching. I'm, I'm watching Chris Duarte. I was like, oh, yeah, he's nice too, but you got to watch out for this Eugene guy. And he, he knew the name, but hadn't really seen him play. After a couple of times seeing him play, he messaged me back like, yo, this guy can really play. Like, I told you. Like, <laughs> I tell you. So, no, like, I think he's got a good chance. You know, with, with Eugene, I think it's just a matter of fit. You know, it's just a matter of um, a team's going to need, like, that 3-4 
that Draymond Green as position to fill, you know? So, like, and guys understand, like, you could be a good player, but if the team doesn't need that, they're not going to draft you, you know? Like, if, if the team is looking for a void of a five-man or a point guard and you're, you know, you're, you're a combo swing, well, you don't fit their plan. So unless they're going to sign you and trade for you and try to wheel and deal you, you know, you, you can play that game. But I think if he gets a team that needs someone that fits his mold, he's going to go out there and do what he does. Well, we're, we're, we're happy that you were able to, you know, have a good, a decent college, decent slash good college career, you know, personally wise. And unfortunately, you know, you weren't able to uh, win any win the championship or anything, but you know, I'm sh as every kid would, would appreciate. But let's get to your, 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 your pro career right now. In 2012, you signed to Spain. Uh, what did it, did it feel the same way as it felt when you signed your letter of intent or did it feel a little bit differently? Now the fact that, you know, this is a, this is a job literally, and you're getting paid for it now. Yeah, no, it was it was it was a bit different. You know, it was so when you start that letter of intent to go to college, it's like, okay, bam, like these are the you know, I'm about to embark on what could possibly lead me to the NBA. And then when you go to Spain, it's not to say as if like you're it's not to say you're not going to the NBA, there's no chance anymore, but it's like a detour. You know what I mean? It's like you're getting off the highway and taking the road less traveled. Um I've never really told anybody this, but when I, so, you know, I've left home to go to school a thousand times, right? To go to prep school, to go to college. You know, you board a plane from Toronto to go to the States. I played overseas for the national, for the junior national team. We, we had tournaments and um, we had a tournament in Germany. I went to, uh, to China for two weeks. I went to Italy for two weeks. But when I boarded that plane to go to Spain, it really hit me like, yo, like, like, you're about to go and, you know, like, there's no, like, college is like this cocoon of where everyone's, like, pushing you to win. Like, everyone around you, the coaches, your teammates, the staff, like, everyone is there to support you. And now as a pro, it's like, you got to figure it out on your own. Like, you got to go out there and, like, you're playing for your livelihood now. It's like, in, in college, you, you, you have a couple of bad games, you don't play. You know, your AU coach, your high school coach, call coach, hey, man, what's, what's going on? My God, man, how is, there, there's no more of that. There, there's no more saving you. Like, it's on you now. Yep. So it was, it, was, it was definitely a shift, man. It was definitely a shift. But, you know, I was ready for it. You know, just I was ready for it. I hear that. Another another change you you had to deal with as well is is the fact that you were playing confederation rules at NCAA and now you're playing FIBA rules in, in Spain. What was that like for you to be able to, to transition, you know, after five years of playing NCAA to now play, to adjust, adjust to the FIBA game? Well, like I said, my, my history playing for the junior national team, like that really was a big thing, you know, because I, 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 I played those rules, you know, like where there's like the offensive goaltending and things like that, um, the backcourt, uh, eight seconds, 10 seconds backcourt, little things like that. Oh, the, the timeouts, not, not, not being able to call timeout and, you know, or the five, five fouls and becoming free throws, like just those little things, you know, I'd, I'd have been adjusted to. So it wasn't that big of an adjustment. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you, you play a couple of exhibition games and you get, you get the hang of it. The worst thing, though, I would say was the traveling. I got mm -hmm. caught for four traveling calls because you know, just like your jabbing opening step and like the rappers over there like they see things that are just foreign to them and it's like travel like automatic it, it, it travel it could just be a bit slower or faster than usual but if they don't see it 
and what they usually see it over there in Spain or whatever country, it's an automatic travel. So I got whistled for a lot of travels my first, I don't know, five, six games out there. Um, I want to ask you, though, what, what was – sorry, did you enjoy the Spanish experience? Did you enjoy, you know, whether it was the food, whether it was the ladies, whatever it might be? I don't know if you have a lady right now, so, so I don't know what, what I can get into. But, you know, did, 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 did you enjoy all that? Did you enjoy the food, the, 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 the basketball, the, the fans, the ladies, whatever it might be? Did you enjoy it all? I loved it. I loved it, man. Spain – so Spain is arguably the top country to play basketball in outside of the NBA as far as, like, competition goes. Like, if you, like Spain is Spain – is, Spain is to what college guys is the NBA. So everyone in college is trying to get to the NBA. Everyone pretty much, if you're playing in, Spain, in Europe, you're trying to get to Spain because the top level was, like, it's just – it's godly. Um, so I took Spanish in high school. Yeah, I took, like, you know, Spanish 1, Spanish 2. You know, I went to, go to school in the States, you got to take a foreign language. I took Spanish. So I knew a few words, but not mm -hmm. to the point where I speak to me like this, I understand everything. So that was an adjustment. And, like, it was to the point where Coach, Coach knew I didn't speak any Spanish. But he would, like, after practice, he would talk to us and tell us, all right, guys, practice tomorrow is going to be at, you know, 4 in the afternoon. But he wouldn't say it in English. He'd say it in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yo, Coach, time practice. He's like, no. <laughs> He's like, yo, you, you gotta <laughs> what? Yeah. You gotta figure it out. And if you're late to practice, you're getting fined. On my team, it wasn't a fine. It was like you gotta take the team out to dinner. I wasn't making but like you have to figure it out. So after a while you after a while you start hearing it, you start figuring it out. But like if you're late to something, like you're late to practice, you're late to a meeting, you're late to lunch, breakfast, dinner, like all that stuff is like like, it, it takes a certain person to, to play in those leagues because those other things that you think are just kind of slide by, they don't slide, man. They, they're, like, they're, they're, they're strict on it, especially with me as a, you know, as a, a rookie, you know, a first-timer. Um, but, yeah, the, the food, food in Spain was big time. Um, at lunch, they give you, like, two entrees. Like, I don't know. Like, the, 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 way, the way the Spanish eat is they have, like, a light breakfast, a heavy lunch, and, like, a late dinner. Mm -hmm. Like, like like a like a nine o'clock eight o'clock nine o'clock dinner, mm -hmm. but like lunch kind of holds you over. Um, food is good. Um, if you don't speak Spanish, good luck with the women. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know really? Wow. If, if you don't, yeah. If, if if you don't like, like I tried speaking to a couple in English or like my fake terrible ass you know uh, Spanish accent. It was like, but then you know you'll find one or two who's like willing to like like work with you it's kind of like being in france like people are like oh the french are so snobby and whatnot like you, know, you can try to speak french but luckily for me i spoke french so that was a bit different but you know there's always someone who's willing to help you know like you're willing to see that you know you're, not, you're a foreigner and you want to like you know help you out whatnot i'm glad i'm glad you you, you brought up uh, you brought up france because right after spain you head over to france uh talk to us about your 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 take on france because in my in my in my in my mind that's that's the country of love. That's where you want to go and find love. You know what I mean. So so give give us give us your your intake on that. On, 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 on France, not just love, but <laughs> yeah, no. France was okay. So to me, you know, growing up in Toronto, going to a French immersion school, you know, from kindergarten, grade one to grade eight, you know, France was in every textbook. Right, you saw the Eiffel Tower, you saw croissants, you saw mimes. And, you know, as a little kid in, in, in Rexdale, I never thought I'd go to France. I never thought I'd see Paris, ever, ever, ever. 
So, you know, my second year to be playing in France, I, and, I was, and I played an hour from Paris. Like, my team was an hour from Paris. So, to be out there, like, just walking down the Champs-Élysées or, you know, being able to go to the Eiffel whenever I wanted to, going to the Louvre Museum on a day off, like, those are, like, you know, there's, like, bucket list things that I was able to accomplish. So, that's the thing about playing overseas. Like, you get to do things and see things that you would never thought that would you were ever possible. Um, as far as the basketball goes, France is fun. Long practices, man. Two practices a day. Like I feel more beautiful after practice than I do after a game. Like it was, it was treacherous, man. Treacherous, but um, some good players out there too. You know, some definitely some good players. Um, yeah, France was fun. I gotta say that France was fun, man. France was fun. The year that you guys that you were there, you guys went twenty eight and twenty two, uh, but fell fell a little bit short in the playoffs. Uh, talk to us about that experience. You know, talk to us about the, everything that happened over there with, with just everything mentally, you know, with your team, with, with everything of, of that happened there. So the year I left for Spain, I left like late August. And that's generally when most guys, mid-late August, leave for their overseas, overseas teams. For France, I left August 1st. Mm-hmm. I, I think I missed Carabana that week, that, that year. Like I, I went. I left before Carabana. I was like, "What? You miss Carabana? Oh man! What? <laughs> right? Right? Blasphemy! I, I was there for ten months. Ten months of two a days practice. You know, time zone changes. Um. So come like April, like you're just mentally like so. Everyone who plays overseas knows this. Come March, April, you know if you're either a shoe in for the playoffs, on the fence, or completely out of it. But even, but even if you're a complete shoe in, you're still like mentally just like, yo, man, I've been here for eight months. Like, how much time do we have? You know, when's the playoffs start? Like, is Coach going to stop, you know, stop the two days and go down to one practice a day now? Like, it's just like you're just mentally fatigued. But you're pushing, right? You're like, yo, man, if we can just, you know, get to the playoffs and, you know, run through the first round, you're just trying to, like, make, play these mental games with yourself, trying to, like, get through. So now we're in the, um, in the semis, and I'm playing against a pretty good team that we thought we had a chance to beat, but in the end, you know, they took us out, and they ended up winning the championship, you know, so kudos to them. But, um, yeah, man, coming up short, same thing with my, my, my team in Spain. We, we lost in the semis, so go to France, losing the semis again. That was a tough tough pill to swallow, but, you know, it was a tough league. You know, like Pro, Pro B, the, the second league in Spain and France is better than a lot of countries' first league, so no, no regrets, you know, and no, no regrets whatsoever on that. After, after Spain, uh, after France, there's a three-year gap before you go to Japan. What were you doing during those three years? What was going on? No, 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 I went to Japan right after. Oh, you went to Japan right after? Okay, well, my my, my, my sources are obviously, are obviously off, so. <laughs> yeah, so, so after France, um, I went straight to, so teams, some, some teams wanted me to come back in, in Spain, I'm sorry, in France, and um, my agent at the time said, hey, man, this, you know, this, I know it's a bit off, but there's a team in Japan that's looking at you, and, um, you know, something we should look at. So this just goes to show you, you know, once again, like the power of relationships. I mean, and not just basketball. Like, this is life, right? Like this is anything in the world. What you know is cool. Your degrees are cool, but 
the one thing that, that can supersede all that is relationships. So, mm-hmm. after um, after my year in college at Oregon, I played summer league for the Bucks. I played mm-hmm. behind behind uh, Tobias Harris, who was a small forward, and John shout Henson. Out to, shout out Tobias Harris. Shout out Tobias Harris. And and, uh, and my guy John Henson. So, you know, summer league is really about the guys that they drafted, right? The guys they have money invested in. It's not about the 10 of the guys. It's about the one or two guys that drafted they just selected. And unfortunately, the guys that I play behind are the guys that they have money invested in, and they play my position. I didn't play a lot. But they had a guy that was there helping out as an assistant coach of the whole process. Some guy, right? Some some guy. I don't know. Whatever. Some, some random person no one cares about. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Some random guy really no one cares about. You know, obviously with his accent, you could tell he's not American. He's from Asia. Happens to be from Japan. I don't know this guy, right? But I'm on my, you know, but, you know, the, the way I am, you know, I, I treat the studio the same way I treat the janitor. Whether whether he's, you know, Coach Giles or whether he's some random guy, I'm going to treat him with the same respect. Mm-hmm. So, chatting throughout, the, throughout the time we were there, you know, we were just, you know, getting to know each other, hanging out, whatnot. Come to find out, two years later, this guy's a head coach. In Japan, he's the coach. Mm, what I didn't kind of, I didn't know that, right? So I, I imagine I had been an asshole. I had been like, you know, just a bad, bad. I he wouldn't be interested in me. But two years later, two years later, he's you know hit up my agent and say, "Yo, oh yeah, man, I want to bring him over." Things like that. So that's how that played out. That's exactly how that played out. So that just goes to show, like, you know, you don't know who you who you're gonna meet. You don't know who you're coming in contact with. Um, you know, you're 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 attitude and character goes a long way so that's what happened he brought me over and i want to say i had my best yeah i had my best year as a pro that year and won the championship absolutely crazy and that's that just goes to show you don't ever end a relationship on a bad no try your best yeah. try your best some you can't control some you yeah. can't control but that, that goes to show you, you say one thing wrong or stir him the wrong way. Exactly. You just, you, you just never know. You just never exactly. know. Now, you kind of you you kind of spilled over into our next topic here. So I'm going to ask you a few uh, quick hitters about uh, Japan. You know, okay. there had to be a culture shock, you know, being from Toronto. Can you elaborate that on just a little bit? Man, um... Where do we start? It's funny. I actually had a blog. I had a blog when I was in, in, in France and Spain about that. And one of my entries has to do with all the differences. Um, culture Food, shock. if you may be. Food. Okay, so when you go to a restaurant in Japan, there's no forks. There's no forks. Chopsticks. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> like, their food, when they bring you food or you order something or just their diet. Everything is meant to be eaten with either with use your spoon if it's a soup, spoon, and anything else, chopsticks. So there is no fork. So I hope you know how to use a chopstick. My first month there, I had like pain in my hand. I didn't know how to hold a chopstick correctly. I, I could do it for a small amount of time, but like over and over and over every meal, it became tiresome and troublesome. So you gotta learn to use the chopsticks. Um, driving. You're driving on the oh, yeah. opposite side. You know what I mean? You're, you're driving on the left side of the road and there's steering wheels on the right side of the car. Everything is flip-flopped. 
Everything is like like a mirror image. Um, so, my first day going to practice, um, the lady from the team comes down, picks me up, and takes me to the uh, to the gym. And she's on the phone, and she and she says hi, right? She says hi, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And she's on the phone, you know, talk, talk, talk. She's like, hi, hi. And I, I thought she was saying hi to me again. She didn't hear me the first time. And as the drive was on, and she keeps saying hi, I'm like, yo. I, I, I talked to my team, like, yo, she kept saying hello. She kept saying hi to me, hi. And like, I kept replying, but she didn't, like, she didn't, like, carry the, the conversation going forward. She's like, oh, hi means okay in in, 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 in Japanese. She's on the phone. And she's like, talking, <laughs> hey, okay, okay, okay. Okay, and I'm thinking she's saying hi, 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 hi to me. Like just <laughs> things, just like completely. It's it's different. It's so different. But I love Japan. I tell you that I love Japan, man. So you go back, just not basketball reasons, just to visit that country again. Oh yeah, yeah. like for example, like if I could, you know, if, if things work out, I'm trying to like go a little. Like, if I ever go back to Japan to play next year. I'm gonna try to get out there early. So I'm gonna try to get to to the uh, to the Olympics because you know it'll be in Tokyo. But um, yeah, no, Japan is. Yo, know, I tell people every time. If one thing you gotta do before you before you die is go to Japan and just experience, just to see what life is like in a non-Western society. Just see how they conduct, how they do things because they do things a little bit differently, man, and it works. Mm -hmm. I heard it they're works. a little bit more advanced over there. Advanced, not uh, yo. Everything is so well thought out. <laughs> everything is so well thought. Out. You transportation, like bullet trains. Yo, you can get from you can get from Toronto to Ottawa in like hour and a half, maybe, maybe an hour. Who knows? Like, just different, man. They're they're, they're living in the future. They're living in the future. They're just on top of it. I love Japan. I I, I love Japan. I'm, I'm definitely gonna. I got my my plan is to finish my career off in Japan. That's my plan. Uh, and I and I wouldn't I wouldn't blame you for that. Now let's yeah. let's take a breeze off Japan. Let's talk about 2019. You come back home to Canada to play in the NBL with St. John's mm -hmm. and then the CBL with Fraser Valley. Two different leagues but similar right. experiences. Talk to us about yours. Um. So I came home. And yeah, Junior Kadugan, uh, shout out to my guy. It's like my brother right there, honestly. It's like my brother. We've been through so much together, you know, high school, AU, whatnot. He's playing for the edge. And I haven't played with Junior since high school. Like, we haven't played together on the same team. Like, even in the summer times, We'll play against each other because I played for like a team called One Love, and he played for a team called Made, and like in the summer program. So we haven't played with each other in over ten years. So he told me, "Come, you know, just come play over this team." And funny enough, um, Glenn Big Baby Davis from LSU is on right. his team. Mm -hmm. I've, I've known Big from high school because I used to go down and visit LSU. I, I was I was going to LSU, right? So I knew I I knew Big Baby from from back then. So I was like, you know what, man? Like, and I never played in the NBL. Obviously, I know a bunch of Canadians who had played in it. Good reviews, mixed reviews, whatnot. But I was like, you know what? I'm here. Let me just try to go ahead and do it. So I did that. Um, 
we lose the finals. Our team was beat up. I thought our big baby had the concussion. Juniors, like that team was done. But that was fun. That was a great experience. Um, I come back. We play in 2020. We're in Kitchener. Or, or we have a game scheduled for Thursday. I, I want to say it's Wednesday night. The coronavirus situation kind of well. Put it this way: um, What's the big guy from um, from Utah? What's his name? Rudy Gobert. Yeah, the whole Rudy Gobert oh. in the mics that happens. Next thing you know, they're calling the season. Next thing you know, we're calling off our. So yeah, March fifteenth, our season ends, and then. I you know I didn't really know too much about the CBL because they just had the first year I didn't play, but um, I'm hearing that you know the CBL might be a goal for the summertime might might not be end up saying it's gonna be a bubble situation. I'm home. I'm like you know man, nothing else is going on. Once again, Junior, where you at? Uh, I'm playing for Fraser Valley. All right, Fraser Valley, <laughs> let's make it happen. So I started Fraser Valley with my guy Jr. My, my other guy Kyle Johnson. Losing the chip again. Um, yeah. A lot of losing in semis and chips for me, huh? That's, and hey, that's okay. You know, I want to – the NBL, you know, I haven't seen any news on them, but the CBL, obviously, we see what they're doing now. It looks like it's going to be a pretty prestigious league. So, you know, props and kudos to what they're mm -hmm. doing, especially throughout this pandemic. Now, I'll yeah. switch it up here a little bit. You know, being born in Canada – Name me someone that you always look forward to in playing against that you didn't have an opportunity to, but you now you do. Um, one guy. Okay, so I actually got towards that his career was um, Denim Brown. So when I was coming up, Denim Brown was like he was. I mean, you name the top high school player today. Or, Whatever, like he was that guy, you know. He was, he was, I guess you could say, the Zion back when Zion was in high school. He was talking about Zion. Was, Denim Brown was the man. And I was like, yo, like, he's going to UConn. He scored 111 points. This guy must be the truth, yada, yada, yada. So I had to play against him back then because I was way too young. But, you know, come back from high school, uh, come back from college, being home in the summertime, you know, we'd be together, gyms and whatnot, just open runs. And I had an opportunity to guard him. And, you know, we, like, day in, day out, like, summer after summer. He's unguardable. He's unguardable. Unguardable. Like, you, you know how it is. Like, you, you play in the summertime, you play for fun, keep in shape, don't get hurt, go to the motion. But in a game, you know, during the season, you're, I put on that defense. And I, I said, no, they are wrapping up. Like, and like yeah, you know, you'll, you'll get some deflections and he'll miss some shots here and there. But, like, he's unguardable. Uh, hey, shout out to him, man. Definitely one of the pioneers in Canadian basketball and always have a household name every time we bring it up. Now, yeah. as we come to an end here, you know, name me that one. I know there's probably many, but name me that one big difference between playing in Canada compared to playing overseas. Um, okay, so it's funny playing here because – you're like you're local, right? You're local, whatever that means. And then you have some American guys come in as the imports, right? As the guys you're importing in. Whereas when you go overseas, 
you're the import and you're relied upon heavily to, you know, to to score or to rebound, to carry the team. But here it's like we're all imports essentially, right? Like even though we're Canadians and we're the locals, we're always we're usually somewhere else seen as the import. So when you have a team full of local imports and you have a team full of imported imports, it's like kind of like super teams. Like you have like teams are just like completely stacked, like from one to ten. As opposed to over there, your locals, you know, you might have one or two big time locals, but then like it's really your imports are carrying the team. So top to bottom, the competition here is very tough. Like it's very, very good. As opposed to you over there you might have like four or five guys who can really go. You have eight, nine guys here who can really go. So competition is CBS is tough, man. It's guys who can play, you know. That's a, that's actually a really good one. That's a really good um, uh, difference between the two. Now, with that being said, is there anything you change about your pro career now that you're older? You have a little bit more wisdom of the game and played around the world. I would have slept more. Older. Would have slept more. <laughs> no. Um, would have changed anything? Mm. Um, I probably would have put my kept my name in that draft in 2011. That's the only thing. I, that's the only thing I, I probably I would I would change. You know, I, I probably would have kept. No, that's but, fair. Yeah. Other than that, man, no, I have no regrets, man. Like, I've met people all around the world. You know, I've met people at Louisiana Tech, Oregon, you know, different teams I've played with that, like, you know, just are still in my life. Um, you know, great resources. So, from, the, from, from that standpoint, no, I, I don't regret anything. But, you know, the goal was, you know, to get to the highest level. So, I think, like, going back, I would have, yeah, I, I, I would have edited that just a little bit, by the way. No, man, not at all. Well, that, that's that's totally fair. That's real talk right there. Now, with that being said, what's next for you? We get out of this pandemic. Everybody gets vaccinated, whatever the case might be. What's next in terms of what you want to do? Um, yeah, man. So for me, you know, I just turned 33, but I, I still feel good. I, I, I feel like, you know, I have a lot of years left to play this game. Um, people always ask me, you know, like, you know, how, how long are you going to go? How many years you left, left in you? And I always say, man, I'm trying to get as close to 40 as I can. So, you know, I'm trying to get <laughs> like, like like Vince. You know, I, what, Vince went to 42, was it? 42 Something like that. 41. What, 41. Maybe it was 40. Old enough. Uh, oh, exactly. Right? <laughs> old, old enough. Old enough. So there's, old, there's, there's, there's only like five or six guys I can think of that, are that actually played basketball like at the, in the NBA level or at a high level that like 40 years old. Exactly right. So yeah, I'm 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 gonna go to the wheels fall off, um, and then you know whatever happens next. You know whether it's a career in coaching, you know, whether it's you know takes up the going away from basketball and using my degree. Um, I'll figure that out when the time comes. But for the next, you know, for for the short term, you know, I'm trying to you know just keep this thing going, keep keep this train going. Well, if, if 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 you ever if you ever looking to coach youth basketball, you already know where to find us in RWI basketball. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, sure. Now, sorry, go ahead. No, no, all you. Now, now, as we always like to do, we like to conclude our show with a game called "In a Perfect World," right? And I'm very interested, to, very interested to see what you would say, actually, because you've been around the NCAA a lot. I'm going to give you a scenario, and you're going to fill in the blanks for me. Okay. Okay. Now, you're at your end of the senior year. 
You did what you had to do in um, high school. Very prestigious, top 10 in your class. You could go almost every in the country. You can't pick Lad Tech, of course. You can't pick LSU. Can't pick Oregon. You had another option to go to school. Where would you go and why? So are we off like this? Coaches where they're at, the teams right now, or back then? We'll do back then. We'll do back then. Back then? Back then? Um... You know, we're going to scratch that. Scratch that. Sorry. We're going to mess this little perfect world. We're going to do now, and you'll see right why now. after. Okay, so so this, the right now's current climate with these coaches. Um, I can't pick Oregon, you said? You can't pick, you can't pick Oregon. Great run. No, you can't pick Oregon. Um, just based, okay, so yeah, yeah, there's been so much turnover and so much like college coaches going here and there and programs switching up. Um, I go to Georgetown. Why? I, to, I just feel like Ben of the Patrick would be like that father figure. Like he'd he'd be the same as jo at what John Thompson was back in the eighties mm -hmm. to the Georgetown. So yeah, I go to Georgetown, be a Hoya, man. Okay. So now you're a Hoya. You do one year. You got you get off to a great start. You know how the NCAA goes. You get off to a great start, you're automatically on, on some type of draft board. That's just the way it goes, right? All right. All right. Top 10 pick, lottery pick, right? We know you're going to leave. Everybody knows you're going to leave. Patrick knows you're going to leave. Now, we know how the draft, draft process kind of goes, too, when it comes to the interviews. You can't pick exactly where you want to go, but depending mm -hmm. on what you say, you can kind of change that narrative, right? right. Your lottery pick, in a perfect world, where do you go in the NBA? So, yeah, sorry, I'll put some more detail on it. We are putting into factor coach uh, style of play, mm -hmm. location, and your coach. Um, so I'm going to add one more thing to that. I'm going to put, like, finances. And I know that there's, like, a... Taxes, yeah. Taxes uh, implications that don't apply in Florida and Texas. So I'm gonna get to somewhere in Florida and Texas, and I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go San Antonio. You're gonna. He want. He wants his bread. He wants his bread now. Why? We, this is our first Spurs. Why the Spurs? I mean, it, you look at the coaches and like what they've done over their careers, and I feel like Popovich. And the Spurs is like, it's like it's like Bayheim in Syracuse, right? Like it's a program, like like you know what you're getting into, you know how the system is ran, and it's a well-oiled machine, and like it continues to churn year in year out. And I mean, whatever Popovich is doing out there, you know, well, not just him, but the, the entire staff, organization, you know, they're doing things the right way. Obviously, they've won excellent of chips in how many years, and they're always a contender in the West, and the West is tough, so. Um, yeah, man. And, 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 and they play the game the right way. You know, they, they play the game the right way. So, um, yeah, man. Popovich, Spurs.
I'm starting. I'm starting to see the trend here. Started from Oregon, Georgetown, and now the Spurs. Very rich environments. Very rich programs with prestigious coaches. And like you said, you know what's going on. Now, you're at the Spurs. Mm-hmm. You had a you, your first team all rookie, right? Your first team all rookie. We get right. to the end of your rookie contract, right? And now you're the top player on the Spurs. You have the luxury because of taxes, like you said, where you could bring in two prestigious guys in the NBA. We'll say that. I'm not going to say superstars. Right? Okay. I'm going to put a scenario in your hand now. You have the leverage to take two guys, like I said. Your rules are you could take one vet in terms of a guy being four years and above in the NBA, and you mm-hmm. can take a rookie or a sophomore on the other side, right? Who are those two people that you'd pick? Again, a vet, meaning just a guy that's been in the NBA more than four years, and then on the other side, either a rookie or a sophomore. I'm going to go AD as my vet. Okay. And as my young boy, um, uh, man, it's tough. I'm, 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 I'm over here going through like. I feel, I feel like I know who you're gonna pick. I feel like I know who you're gonna pick, but well, I'm gonna let you choose though. I'm gonna go for my vet. I'm probably gonna go. Man, this one's tough, man. Where are you? Are you changing your vet? No, sorry, sorry. Oh, you're Sorry, young boy, you're young boy. Okay. Yeah, young boy. I'm going to go... No, because that's too... That, that, that's my choice. I, I, I don't want to go with, with, with choice. Um, a lot of lot of great guys right now coming in the NBA ready to go. So that one is tough. Yeah. You know, young boy, I'd probably go... Steven, we got to start writing this down because I feel like I know what he's going to say too, but there's no <laughs> I'm going to go Shy Gilgis, man. He's turning he's it up. He's turning it up. He's got a really good pace to his game, man. He's got a really good pace to his game. I, I, I love watching him play. I actually thought you were, you were going to choose LaMelo, to be honest with you. I had Trey oh, Young. Uh, nah, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, LaMelo can play. He's, man, he handles the ball. He, he all world. Um, but I just like, yeah, man. See, I remember like I don't know, sixteen maybe, and I walked into this camp, so this junior, this junior national camp with Team Canada, and um, good friend of mine, Mike Meeks, he was you know pointing out, oh yeah, this is this guy, that's that guy, that guy right there, yeah, man, he's gonna be really good, man. What is he? He's like he's like a racial Rondo point guard, six four, long arms, this is that, I'm like oh yeah. So, I mean, I, I heard about him back then, but, yeah, man, like, he's – I was getting yeah. – you, you can't go wrong with that. I like that combination between you three, you, AD, and Shade. We haven't had those two on the show yet, so I appreciate you for showing some versatility because there's too many <laughs> common trends on this show. Yeah. So I like this. So, before before anything else, you know, who are two guys in the NBA that, you know what, I'm turning on the TV today, I'm watching. Not two guys, but a couple guys, if you can name a few, that, you know, you really try to watch day in and day out. First and foremost, he's probably my one guy I love. 
actively sit there and watch right now. Um, a couple of the uh, the guys at Boston, you know, Jalen and um, Jalen and Jason. Obviously, those like those swings. Um, AD, of course, Embiid. I like Embiid. Embiid has a bit of like Hakeem in his game, and that's like you know one of my guys. Um, so yeah, he's, those guys. He's going crazy right now. Yeah, yeah, he is. So, yeah, but first and foremost is Carmelo. Like, I can watch Carmelo. Wow. Dave. He's so pure. He's – the game is so pure to him. It's just to it's, – it's like he's just out there having fun. He's not even trying. He's out there just having fun. Fair enough. Fair enough. That concludes? The, the... That concludes, Stephen, on you. All right, all right, all right. Sorry. Um – Although I gotta ask you though, we always ask all of our guests this question, you know, to, mm -hmm. to, to end end the show. But who is somebody that you like to see on Talk Your Exposure? But here's the kicker though: if we can't get them, you gotta help us get them on. Um, I'm trying to think, like maybe maybe my guy Devoe. Me, my well, guy Devo. Yeah, good. Or Junior, actually, Junior Devo, Junior. Just one, one of those two guys from you know guys that I, from my era. So yeah, Devo or Junior. Those are definitely those are definitely some Canadian pioneers right there. We definitely would love to have both of them on the show. To be honest with you, so I'll I'll definitely reach out to them and hopefully they respond. If not, I'll hit you up. I'll hit you up. But I think, uh, but junior, I think you're sorry, Stephen, to cut you out. There. I think Junior, that guy's a man of stories. I totally forgot. That's the one you want to go with. That's the one you want to go with, man. Jeez. I think I, I think both of them have some stories to be honest with you, because I mean Junior Junior didn't Junior was got the shit end of the stick from, from Marquette and so did Devoe, Devo, in my opinion too. Devoe got the shitty end of the stick in, in Minnesota. You know, I, I don't feel like they both had a real opportunity to to shine the way they were supposed to shine, you know, with with Devoe hitting the game when he shot against Picker uh um, not against Pickering, sorry, against Eastern, and then with with even Junior being a Canadian, a Canadian legend, really right now. Like when he when when Junior came out, I think Junior was one of the first guys of your age class to really go Division One and really be named for like in Canadian basketball and, and team, team team Canada and all that stuff, right? So yeah. he 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 had a name for himself even before like like he really had a name for himself. You know what I mean? Like in the AAU circuit and stuff. So both those guys. But I'm not talking about more so career. I'm talking about the illustration part. It went, the way Junior explains stuff, and I'm sure yeah. you know, he's yeah. uh, is different. It's different. Yeah. So. Okay. I love, I love, I love, I love to have both of them. You know what I mean? But obviously, you know, I, 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 I don't. I've never really had a full out conversation with Junior before. I've had a conversation with both. So you guys will know better than I would. But Olu, we, we got to know though. Where can our people find you on on social media? Uh, Instagram, man, O underscore A-S-H, O-Ash, um, Twitter, O underscore A-S-H, I don't really be on Twitter as much, but yeah, man, Twitter, Instagram, O underscore Ash, you'll find me there. Hey, hey, Olu, honestly, man, we appreciate your time, we appreciate you coming on the show, you know, uh, make sure, make sure, you know, if, if for everyone that's listening to the show right now, make sure you guys hit up our guy Olu on, on social media, on Instagram or Twitter. And if you guys haven't already subscribed to our channel on YouTube, which is under RWI Basketball or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your, your podcast, you know, make sure, make sure you guys follow, you know, all of us as well. Even Devante, Devante, where can we find you on social media, man? 
<laughs> you can find me at my name, Devontae C underscore. That's where Devontae, I'm mostly at. Yeah. Devontae C underscore. Hey, well, one more time, Oli. We definitely, definitely appreciate you for taking some time to talk to us today and tell us your story. You know, I learned some things about you that, that like I said, I didn't even know. Uh, it was great mm -hmm. meeting you. Um, obviously, we met at the gym before, but it's great to be able to interact and have this conversation during a pandemic and stuff like that. So we, we appreciate all your time. And, and just to make sure I got it right, it's Olu Ash Olu. Ash Olu? Ash Olu? No. Yep. Ashalu. Olu Ashalu. Olu Ashalu. Hey, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Make sure all, everybody listening to this show knows this. Olu Ashalu. I apologize for, on, on, my, on my behalf. I will get it. I promise. That's going to be my goal the next, next week to get Olu Ashalu. One more time, man. We, we, we want you to stay safe. We want you to, to have nothing but success down the line. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Your family as well. And nothing but prayers coming your way, bro. Thank you, man. I appreciate it for having me. Hey, thank you for taking the time, man. Great, man. But that